Is Will Levis legit? We're going to find out on Thursday night in Pittsburgh. We'll talk about that game and more on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Rowland, local expert for the Locked On Titans Podcast, here with Alex Clancy, local expert from Locked On Cardinals. We're going to talk about this big Thursday night football matchup between the Steelers and the Titans. Is Will Levis legit after his amazing performance in Week 8? Also, the Raiders are falling apart, but it might be what's best for the team. Also, we'll go over the best games of week nine. Take a look at the biggest matchups this weekend. Before we get into all of that, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's Crossover Thursday presented by Prize Picks here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to check out your favorite team's crossover episode and get behind the enemy lines information. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use that code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to 100 Thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. Make sure to get subscribed and stay subscribed. Locked On NFL is available on YouTube, whatever podcast app that you use. Uh, It's your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But with that being said, Alex, I'm obviously someone who covers the Tennessee Titans. So I have my own thoughts about the Will Levis debut. I am uh, in the trenches, you could say. And maybe I'm a little too close to the fire. So I think it would be better to start out with your take on the Will Levis situation coming from a team that is in the NFC, a team on the other side of the country that has no real attachment or, or hate for the Titans also on that side of things. Watching Will Levis's debut, four touchdown passes, leading the Titans to a win over the Falcons. Do you think that Will Levis is legit? There's a couple different ways to look at this. One is it Matt Flynn or is it Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like... Matt yeah. Flynn threw six touchdown passes for Green Bay and then made $30 million with Seattle and, and, and the Raiders afterwards and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. The one thing, that, and we don't know, it's one week. It's a nice reprieve from Ryan Tannehill and the boring-ass offense they've run. They're at least the more exciting to watch. Yeah. 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 Um, it made me miss DeAndre Hopkins as an Arizona <laughs> Cardinal right. person who's covered the Cardinals. Um, the word that I will use, surprisingly, with Will Levis, it, it was effortless. Like – it wasn't – he came in with the confidence of, this is how I play football. I'm going to huck it to wide receivers down the field, and I'm going to let them make plays. And he threw dots 60 yards down the field. The one mm-hmm. to uh, Westbrook and Kine was – this is yeah. – that throw off his back foot yeah. in rhythm reminded me of the, the throw that Zach Wilson made during the combine or during his pro day that yeah. got him the second overall pick. That everybody was like, oh, my God, with nobody on the field aside from the receiver, he did that in real game time. And I was like, like, I haven't screamed watching a football game <laughs> this year yet with a throw, and that yeah. throw made me scream. So if, is he yeah. legit? I don't know, but it's sexy as hell to watch. And if he can replicate it again on a short week against a good defense in Pittsburgh, Ryan Tannehill ain't going to see the field again. Right. And I agree with you. And from the Titans perspective, to add some context, the Titans have historically struggled with the Steelers. 
Uh, I don't have the exact numbers right in front of me. I've written about it this week, talked about it on my show, but I'm pretty sure it is. The Titans are 0-4 against the Steelers since 2013. Since 2003, the Titans are 3-8 against the Steelers, 1-5 in Pittsburgh. So the Titans do not play well and have not played well against the Steelers for 20 years and have played even worse in Pittsburgh. So if Will Levis, as a rookie on a short week, goes into a hostile environment, an all-time historic environment in Pittsburgh, let's be honest, they have an incredible home field advantage there um, in what I will still lovingly call Heinz Field. I know it's like uh, AccuSure Field now or whatever, but it's always Heinz to us, the big catch-up bottle. Uh, If he can go in and bring the Titans a win against a team in an environment that they don't often win in, I think it would mean a lot. But I would compare Will Levis to a home run hitter in baseball. Uh, especially nowadays in baseball with uh, the emphasis on launch angle and exit velocity and all of that. We're seeing more strikeouts. We're seeing less guys who hit for average and more guys who are just worried about that slugging percentage. And maybe based on the numbers, that is the right thing to do. And maybe based on the numbers, Will Levis's idea is the right thing to do. But we know he can go up there and hit a home run. We've seen him with the big arm, throw home runs. Uh, Three of those touchdown passes for Will Levis are in the top 10 in the NFL this year, an air distance for a touchdown throw. Like, he is throwing bombs. Three of them, just in one week. Top 10 the whole season for the NFL. So, we know he can go and hit the home run. The Steelers aren't going to allow him to do that, most likely. Yeah. They're going to want to keep everything underneath. Can you pick us apart? Death by a thousand paper cuts. Can you be consistently successful with underneath throws, reading defenses, fitting it in? He's a rookie. That's tough to do, to read defenses and process that quick. If he's able to do that against Pittsburgh and win that game, I think there's a good chance that this is a player that is legit. But obviously right now it's probably too early to know. But like you, I am encouraged by what I saw. But there's still improvements that need to be made. Put some respect on DeAndre Hopkins' name, damn it. I don't understand why. Last year, what was the stat without, like for... A.J. Brown had more receiving yards than the entire Tennessee Titans team through a certain amount of weeks. Yeah, not anymore. DeAndre Hopkins is, when healthy and when given the opportunity, a top 10 receiver in this league still. I I don't understand. I don't care if he's older. He's never been fast. He ran down the field, and yes, he's handsy. He may be the handsiest receiver in the NFL. And AJ Terrell sold that penalty. That was his fault. He flopped is what happened, and they didn't call it. I thought DeAndre Hopkins was out of bounds, too. Like, I thought that was going to be a hat throw from a ref, but he tiptoed, ended up getting back in the field to play and and catch the pass. But, yeah, like, the the bigger story here for me for Thursday night is, can Pittsburgh score points? They're averaging 16 points a game through seven weeks. With a lot of defensive touchdowns. Sorry? With a lot of defensive touchdowns. right. Scoring points for the offense. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. I cannot believe that they have four wins already um, with how wide open things are still. Um, mm-hmm. This is a this is a pivotal game for Tennessee. Like if Tennessee can make a push here and get a mm-hmm. W on the road, you're going to be having different conversations about like, it's good they kept Derrick Henry. Let's yeah. run the two running back attack. Mm-hmm. Let's get Will Levis moving the ball down the field because you they've got weapons-ish yeah. there. So I mean, if Will Levis can just come in and ball, mm-hmm. I mean – Tennessee wins in the playoffs. We've seen it. So, yeah, they they can find a way to do it. I I think these are two teams that want to run the ball, want to play defense, don't have high-scoring offenses. Whichever team forces turnovers in this game, I think, is ultimately going to win it. I do believe on FanDuel right now, the Titans are three-point favorites. If it stays at three points, I would take that. If it drops to two and a half, I would not. So, that's where I'm looking at that right now. But we're going to move forward. 
because there was big news in the NFL on Wednesday. We all woke up to it. The Las Vegas Raiders cleaning house. They should, and what they should do next is make sure that they take a coach-quarterback combo from college football. We'll explain that in just a moment before we get into it. Do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Look, we've all ordered pizza, wings, soda, burgers, even buns on DoorDash. Got it delivered right before the game. Perfect timing. You guys know DoorDash is the place to go. And if you don't know that, I am here to tell you. DoorDash is absolutely fantastic. Again, you can access food from local restaurants so you can support your local community. Anything from retail to grocery to restaurants. Again, they have everything that you need on DoorDash. And right now, you can get up to 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app, enter the code LOCKED23. It's subject to change, terms apply. But again, that's up to 50% off, up to a $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, all you got to do is download the DoorDash app, enter the code LOCKED23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-23. Subject to change, terms do apply. All right, Alex, the Raiders are blowing it up. Mark Davis, maybe I'm, this is complete fabrication. Fabrication is, but I'm I'm just trying to guess on what the mood was. Mark Davis thinking about getting beat in embarrassing fashion. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, we see Devontae Adams slamming his helmet. Mark Davis maybe having a couple of drinks, maybe a nice big cigar. You know what? F them. They're done. Fire Josh McDaniels, fire the GF, fire the OC. We're starting the rookie quarterback. He went full Jim Irsay from last year, all right? But I got to tell you, I think it's the right thing, all right? I think it's the right thing to do for the Raiders. Alex, we have talked on this show. It is crazy that Mark Davis let Josh McDaniels, who anybody with a brain could have guessed would not have worked out as a head coach when the, when the move happened. This isn't hindsight. Everybody, when the move happened, was like, I don't think this is a very good hire for the Raiders. At least I was, and I know you were. Mm -hmm. So, my thing is, how did Mark Davis let this dude and Josh McDaniels force out Derek Carr only to bring in a worse quarterback that has no emotional attachment to the fan base? I feel like that's something that me and you have talked about since last season when the Derek Carr stuff started, like, the right thing to do would be fire Josh McDaniels and keep Derek Carr. You know what I mean? That would have been the right, right. move here. Uh, I have a hot take, and I just want you to, to give me your thoughts. I think what the Raiders should do is exactly what they're doing. Fire Josh McDaniels. Bring in an inexperienced coach. Elevate him. Play a rookie quarterback who's never going to be a starter in the NFL if your team is good. Tank the season. Finish with four or three wins. Find a way to hire Lincoln Riley and draft Caleb Williams. Can't you imagine Caleb Williams with his fingernails painted black with little white skulls on them for Raiders emblem going out there in Las Vegas and making plays? I just think that bringing Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley from Los Angeles to Las Vegas collectively is the move. And I think the Raiders should hire Lincoln Riley and do whatever they possibly can to get that number one pick. And heck, if you listen to Dane Brugler from The Athletic, 
Drake may may be the number one quarterback in the draft by the time that we get there. These things change. So I think they'll have a good opportunity to get a good young quarterback. If I were the Raiders, I would do everything I can to grab that L.A. hype from the college and USC and bring that over to the Raiders next year. It's funny you say that because I saw in the moniker, like Tyler and I like to surprise each other with segments. And we had a completely different segment set up for, for this for this specific segment. And when I saw this on the side, I'm like, oh, sweet. Raiders must tank for QB. Awesome. Um, I had a thought. When you said head coach and quarterback tandem, I got a different one. What about Jim Harbaugh and J.J. McCarthy? Because okay. here's the thing. Yep. Here's the thing. The Raiders roster, as currently constructed, mm-hmm. will probably win two games with Josh Jacobs and and Devontae Adams. If you get to four or five wins, you ain't getting a top three pick. There are so many bad teams in this league. The Cardinals, Carolina, Chicago. I know Bears. Carolina goes to Chicago. Yeah. New England. Like, there are going to be some teams in uh, Minnesota at this point. There's going to be some yeah. teams that are going to be stuck up top, able to – tank by association of a bad roster more than the Raiders at this point, unless this quarterback's terrible. O'Connell, whatever his name is, is terrible. Um, There are going to be multiple quarterbacks that can be taken in the top 10. There will be obviously multiple quarterbacks. And if the Raiders, like I think Jim Harbaugh is a much better move than Lincoln Riley. I think Lincoln Riley is Fugazi. I think Lincoln Riley is, is, is a situation where. And who does he compare to who you covered? Well, he he was prolific, at least. They didn't have a good defense anywhere. I mean, Oklahoma had a pretty good defense with Kenneth Murray a couple years ago, but yeah, he didn't, he's never won anywhere. Like, it just seems like Cliff got, Kingsbury to me. Yeah. It's it's a similar thing to Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, right. So, like, with him, but I, Jim Harbaugh, say what you want. Yes, whatever's going on with the sign stealing, whatever side of the aisle you're on with that, cool. Jim Harbaugh's right. won in the NFL. He is the leader of an organization. He will come in, plug and play. That defense will turn around in a year. The offense will be will be palatable. And mm-hmm. you know, those movements. So, so that's what I would look at if you're gonna bring somebody with a tandem for the corner. Jacob McCarthy's been good. You know, he's been good in the NFL. Um well, I've seen him projected as, as a potential uh late top 10 pick, you know, like seven, yeah. eight, nine, somewhere in there. I don't know how I feel about that personally, but now is not the time to debate well, those things. Really you know what I mean? Yeah, right. you know how funny this is? One last thing, because I know we've got more to talk about, but, you know, we go free-flowing here at times. You know how you talk about Will Levis with home runs or strikeouts, and that's mm-hmm. what it is? That Do you think that's the reason for the polarization in the NFL now where people are just dart-throwing at quarterbacks and yeah. 70% of them don't work, so you're going to have a bad team and you're going to have to sign a veteran for too much money and you're not going to have a good roster and then all of those things? Do you think that's why the quote-unquote middle class of the NFL is starting to dissipate? Yeah, I, I think – because of how difficult it is to play against these defenses, you need such a talented quarterback to to do it that now most of these teams look like in the past, you know, maybe we could have Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco 49er our way to the Super Bowl. Maybe we could have, you know, Eli Manning on his uh, with the last Giants team our way to a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco and the Ravens, which Flacco and the Ravens and Foles and the Eagles, it's hard to use those because those QBs, went nuts during the playoffs and had like an elite stretch that they never replicated ever again. So it's hard to compare that. But Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers in 2019, getting to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, that's a perfect example right there. I think it gets harder and harder and harder to win that way as we get further along. And that's why you see a team like San Francisco give it all up 
and give a chance on Trey Lance, you know? Because they know that at the end of the day, it's going to be much easier to repeat this success and give yourself a chance to win a championship year after year if you have one of the elite guys. And it's just so difficult to do it without. So I, I think that part of that is, hey, it's NBA. It's the NBA's philosophy coming into the NFL. If we don't have the guy and we can't win, our fans are educated enough now to know what we're doing and not freak out about it, you know? So I think that is something that will happen going forward and we'll continue to see, you know, teams just saying, screw it. And whether that be tanking or whether that be trading up into the end of the first round and trying to get a QB or, you know, make a move like that, like the Titans were trying to do and ultimately did with Will Levis, you might see much more of that now and much more of a, like trades are happening more in the NFL. The trade deadline is starting to pick up more and have more action than it did before. I think that, feeds into what we're talking about here. Teams are more willing to sell off pieces for draft picks and commit to the future. We will call it. You know what I mean? And vice because versa. If fans you want to are win now. And vice that versa. Because of how it's happened. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I do think that you're on to something that's gradually changing. And honestly, I think a lot of it comes from the education of fans because of the NBA doing it so much and it being such a, 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 a widespread conversation in the NBA. God, I wish we could do this for an hour. Like I, I wish know, we could just talk about the James Harden trade and how he's ruined the NBA for an hour. Uh, maybe oh, maybe well. Nick Angstead will let us um let us stage sometime on Locked On NBA. Yeah yeah yeah. I was thinking yeah. Locked On Cardinals. Tyler Rowan Locked On Titans. We make up Locked On NFL Thursday. We were gone last week. I missed my boy. We're back now. It's the best segment of the week for us. Best NFL games of Week Nine. That's next. It'll start across the pond on a different continent with probably the best game, and we'll discuss other teams who have less than 500 records now can potentially make the playoffs. All that more in the next jam-packed 10 minutes here. This episode of Locked On NFL Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks. So with basketball season here, you can now pick combos for projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. So for example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo with three points made and receptions. That's badass. Like that is a new wrinkle into yep. prize picks. Making Can it I just say, better. I love prize picks too, not to interrupt the read, but I have to say this. My, one of my best friends, we call him P. So we'll call him prize picks P here on this show. I love FanDuel myself, but I've never seen anybody love FanDuel like Pete. So I'm just saying, if one of my best friends is on that thing every single day and he loves to be able to combine the different sports now, it's like excellent. So I just had to give a shout out to P, who is the biggest prize picks fan I know. And you guys should be like P2. Yeah, you should be like P2. Uh, not Patrick Peterson. Not him. Yeah. Not him. I call him Petty Patrick Peterson from his time in Arizona. Anyways, this is going to be a three minute read. Um, for if you don't know about prize picks itself, you pick two or more. Um, projections and you can win up to 25 times your cheese if you do six projections you just pick more or less than the price picks projections and you could win win a whole boatload okay go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 again go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars All right, it's time. Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals. Tyler Rowland locked on Titans. We make up locked on NFL Thursday. Thank you for making locked on NFL your first listen free and available wherever you get your podcast. 
and on YouTube. Games of the week. Uh, this is where Tyler and I just pick some games and we say that they're good or we say that they're meaningful and then we explain why we think that. That's your Cliff Notes version of the next eight or nine minutes of your life. So <laughs> let's start in Frankfurt, okay? Miami at Kansas City. The scheduling of the NFL should be reprimanded for not having this on U.S. soil. <laughs> Bearing this into the early morning. Now, listen, East Coast, very rarely. Yeah, what are has you talking about? That's breakfast time. Yeah, for you. Okay, yeah. I pride myself in being on the West Coast because I don't have to wait until 1 o'clock to watch football. I don't have to wait until 4 o'clock on Sunday to watch football. I don't have to wait until 2 a.m. to watch Sunday night football. Now, with this, when they're overseas, 6.30 a.m., it'll be 7.30 because we're time changing in Arizona. I'm good with it. But, Tyler, is this a bigger play? NFL scheduling committee saw this game week 8 or week 9, and they're like, mm -hmm. you know what? This, it can't be Jacksonville versus Tennessee anymore. It can't be right. Jacksonville versus Buffalo. It's got to be two of the best offenses that we have in the NFL playing mm -hmm. against each other in Frankfurt, Germany. Is this a bigger play by the NFL to put this game over there? Yeah, 100%. And I think they have a hold of, of London. Like the England market, the NFL feels comfortable now that they have a good hold. They get good turnouts. The crowd's lively. The action leading up to the game is good. So I think the NFL feels comfortable with their standing in London now and in England. I think they really want to grab a hold of Germany. They really want to expand on the excitement for the NFL in Germany. And I think putting the two most exciting offenses in the NFL there is definitely a coordinated move. I just want to point out, <clears throat> look at this schedule on Sunday in the morning. Six and two Dolphins against six and two Chiefs. Then one o'clock, five and two Seahawks, six and two Ravens. Then four o'clock, five and two Cowboys, seven and one Eagles. Then Sunday night, five and three Bills, four and three Bengals. I mean, my God, what an incredible Sunday. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is when it's perfect because, oh, uh, weekly disclaimer appreciate football. Yes. We're now halfway through the season, and it yeah. went like your wedding night, I would assume. I've never been married. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, we're I'm, two I'm not months married into yet the season. Either, so yours, yeah. Yeah. So, like, appreciate football, number one. Now it's like you can watch bad football. It doesn't matter because it's football. It's cake. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's cake. Mm -hmm. um, when you have great games that are meaningful, like you mentioned, this is like – I'm like Buffalo and Cincinnati, as you mentioned – we talked about the Seattle-Buffalo game or Seattle-Cincinnati um, game two weeks ago about mm -hmm. how it's a true litmus test for both teams to really kind of see where they are. Cincinnati yep. And Seattle tends to rise. Um, Cincinnati tends to rise with the healthy. This is like we're, on, we're just on watch for Buffalo to implode. And if they don't, then you kind of turn the corner like maybe they figured things out. Maybe mm -hmm. It was just early, you know, an early malaise in the early part of the season with, with mistakes. Dalton Kincaid seems to be the real deal. Dawson Knox potentially going on IR is addition by subtraction. They signed Leonard Fournette. I'm assuming he's going to be active on Sunday. Um, but yeah, man, like there's so many. And then on the other side, this is because the, the lack of middle class, as I mentioned, it's kind of dissipating in the NFL. There's a whole other litany of games to watch for the Tankathon 2024. Probably. And it's not Tankathon. Probably. I don't use no team's tank. Okay, they're 
they just don't have the roster necessary to compete in the NFL. Every mm. single player in the NFL can get replaced by somebody else. Bar, you know, aside from the one, you know, the top, the top flight players. The top the Nobody's going to yeah. try and lose games and potentially lose a game check in 2024. Okay. Yeah. But you look at games like Arizona and Cleveland. Okay. The Rams, Green Bay, Chicago, New Orleans. Like there are games, Tampa Bay, Houston. There are a lot of like Indian Carolina. Carolina could win two games in a row. They could definitely be in yeah. the way that they did last week. Both those teams could be three and six soon, and I wouldn't be surprised. They don't exactly. seem like they're that so different. So there's so many different wrinkles to this. Now, Tyler, yeah, you ran down the games. We know why these games are good at this point. I want to ask you this. There are five teams in the NFC with winning records. Mm-hmm. Out of 16, five. Okay. There are a bunch of teams, obviously, in the AFC with losing records. Mm-hmm. Is there a team with two wins, three wins through eight weeks, whether they've had a bye or not, that you're like, you know what? That's the team that you still need to watch when you get to that six or seven spot when the playoffs come around in the next seven or eight weeks. Let me ask you this first, Alex. I know that you had a team in mind, or at least were ready to pick a team. Is the team that you think in the AFC or the NFC? Because I have two. Ten times, shame on me. It's going to be the same team. Okay. I will go with this team then. Okay. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three and four are going to make the playoffs. Uh, They play at the Texans this week. Uh, The Texans are also three and four, but the Texans are starting to come back down to earth after that great start where everybody was high on Stroud. And I still think Stroud is the answer and the guy. And I think Stroud's a great player. He was my QB one coming out of the draft, but the Texans don't have the roster to play as well as CJ Stroud is playing. You know what I mean? Like it's just not going to last. And I think the Texans are starting to come down to earth. Also, I just think Tampa Bay has veteran players who have won games. They have mm-hmm. enough talent on offense with their weapons. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield is good enough in the NFC to lead a team to a low playoff seed. They have great players on defense as well, which I think can win them games, especially as we get into the colder months of the year. So I think the Buccaneers at three and four are a team with a losing record that still makes the playoffs. Um, I've got two, and I, I, I can see that. I mean, Baker's level-headed enough. You know, it, it, They've got enough talent on offense and defense to be able to make that happen. So for the for the AFC, the one fool me a thousand times, shame on me. This is the thousand times and one. It's the Chargers. Yep. It's Chargers. Yeah, I it know has to mean. be. Like Quentin Johnson, you they have too much season. talent. They have too much talent. It's unacceptable. Right, right. And if if they stay healthy, that like they can win despite Brandon Staley. Okay? Mm-hmm. If if you've noticed. Brandon Staley and they played the, the Jets punt. this week. They should absolutely right. so win that game on huge, Monday Night Football. And, and the Jets have won three games in a row, right? With Zach Wilson. Yep. Like, yeah. Brandon Staley has started to punt on fourth and two at the 50. So there's something that's changing there. Yeah. Do you remember this season? This season, it seems like two months ago and yesterday, when he <laughs> went for it on fourth and one at the 25 in Minnesota and almost lost that game after going for it on fourth and one in his own 25 the week before and losing. Like Wild. things have shifted over there. And if you believe Kellen Moore, like, and it's funny, like, is Kellen Moore the problem? Like, that's going to be a conversation we could have later. Like, with Dak kind of playing a little bit better with Kellen Moore gone, Justin Herbert having mm-hmm. time. So the Chargers, until it's not, Quentin John seems to be catching his stride a little bit with, with Mike Williams out and Josh Palmer hurt. But the one for me, and I've talked about this, and I said this guy was a dark horse MVP candidate if everything went properly, is uh Matthew Stafford and the Rams. They're three mm-hmm. and five. Okay, they're two games out of the seven seed right now. 
they still, if he's healthy, you know, we had the thumb. If he's yeah, healthy, dude, I don't know. He might. They signed right. John Walford. I, I think the only thing that derails that is is the thumb injury because Stafford right. was playing incredible football. Right. So if he's healthy and Cooper Cup's healthy and Daryl Henderson and Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua, like they're healthy. I think they could definitely make that 17. They have enough firepower on offense mm-hmm. and an okay enough defense to be able to make the 17. And they play the two and five Packers this week who, you know, yeah. seem to be just letting go of the rope. So they definitely right. could get back to, to three and four and have a great chance to get back to a winning record soon. Right. Right. And that's all right. And those, is that it? I mean, there's a lot of, I have just, one more of bad football, man. There's a lot I have of bad one more. Who is it? We have to say it and then we'll go. The Titans. If the Titans come out and beat the Steelers, they move to four and four in 2019. In 2019, the Titans made a change at starting quarterback after six games. They were two and four. They went to the AFC championship game. Now, this Titans roster is nowhere near as talented as that one was, especially on the offensive line. But the AFC South is still not that great outside of the Jags. Not a lot of great teams in the AFC in the middle class, in my opinion, that are significantly better. If Will Levis is legit, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, the Titans could get to four and four and maybe make a run after their mini buy throughout the rest of the season. Their schedule is not that tough. They play the Bucks, the Panthers, uh, the Texans twice, the Colts again. I know they lost to the Colts before, but you know, this the Colts are getting worse as the season goes on. Right. Just saying, there are a lot of, and they play the Jacks still twice. And if they beat beat them both times, the Titans could absolutely get back into the playoff chase and, and be a team to get one of those low seeds. They're not catching Jacksonville for the division by any means, but just saying, it's a, while we're looking at these teams, there's not a lot of great options. Feel like it's worth mentioning them, even if it's some home cooking. But with that being said, that is going to do it for a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. As I always say, stay safe out there, start your weekend early.